This is the Extravagant Promises Podcast, and I'm your host, Gregory. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. This is a podcast about reckoning, recovery, and redemption. We share our experience, strength, and hope. Tonight I bring you episode six, Worthy of Our Suffering. As always, I'd like to tell you what this podcast is and what it is not. It is my story, my service, my expression of experience, strength, and hope with threads of literature, poetry, and experience that, that I've read, other good works of self-help and self-exploration, as well as classic literature and philosophy woven together, hopefully in a medium that you find entertaining, but also comforting. I hope to be that candle among the bright candles in the recovery community, but also perhaps that candle in a dark room of loneliness or solitude when you need a comforting hand or a comforting voice. This is not an AA meeting. It is not meant to serve as an AA meeting, and it should only be a complement, a supplement, if you will, to your program. I'm not a therapist, and this is not therapy, though I do uh, attend AA meetings every day, and I do attend a session with my therapist every week. I encourage everyone to do the same, but that is your side of the street, so to speak. One thing that is important um, and is not negotiable is my anonymity, um, as is yours. And I, I love it that people have been reaching out to me um, at Extravagant Promises Podcast on Instagram or Extravagant Promises Podcast at gmail.com. I know that there are a number of listeners who know who I am and fear not. I love that. I love that, that, that you figured out who I am and, and maybe you know where some of the experience, pain, suffering, strength, and hope is coming from. But I also really respect the fact that people have been careful to be discreet in, in the way they communicate with me. And I promise that I will do the same for you. Um, this is a, a sacred, sacrosanct area of my life, and, and I want to keep doing this. And though I try to be very circumspect or distant in the things that would identify me, I certainly um, try to put enough information there that, that it probably isn't hard um, for somebody who was really trying to sleuth or, or, or find out who I am. But in any event, I just ask that my anonymity be preserved and protected, as, and I pledge to preserve and protect yours. The Way It Is by William Stafford There's a thread you follow. It goes among things that change, but it doesn't change. People wonder about what you are pursuing. You have to explain about the thread but it is hard for others to see. While you hold it, you can't get lost. Tragedies happen, people get hurt or die, and you suffer and get old. Nothing you do 
can stop time's unfolding. You don't ever let go of the thread. That's a really powerful poem. And tonight's episode, Worthy of Suffering, incorporates a lot of the topics that we've been discussing in these prior podcasts and in my life. Um, I've, 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 at some points in my life, I've said, oh, I'm a student or an acolyte in the art of suffering, the spirituality of suffering. Um, like a lot of things, I think I was <laughs> kind of, you know, just talking BS, but, but there is something to it. I mean, the, the, the word worthy is very important to me and, um, is in fact, uh, one of my tattoos is in, in Thai is the word worthy and it has a connection to my life for many, many decades and a certain place in my life and a place in an actual physical place and also the death of my best friend who shared that physical place with me uh, many years ago. But, and also, as, as you've heard in the last episode, the, the question that Viktor Frankl raised is, I dread nothing more than to be, than, than to, to, to be unworthy of my sufferings, essentially, or to fail to be worthy of my sufferings. And he's quoting Dostoevsky. But I want to talk about the role of adversity in our life and the role of suffering and keeping close to that flame. Not to say that we, we, we seek out suffering or we can't be okay with being okay, but, but certainly to remember, you know, that, that old phrase, dance with the one who brung you. You know, you, you, you don't ever want to dance with the ones who brung you with booze or drugs or whatever disease got you there. But to me, you know, there's certain truths that, that permeate my life. One is that it's alcoholism, not alcoholism. I have a disease. That disease wants to kill me. I will never be cured of that disease, nor do I want to be cured of that disease. What I want to do is recover and gain a daily reprieve from that evil that is trying to kill me. And it is trying to kill me. And it's buried deep inside my brain, and it's deep inside my soul. And when I started this program, it was a God-sized hole in my soul and in my life. And I have, through the program, been able to narrow that hole and to fill it with, with spirituality and religion and love of my higher power and the program and the, the men and women in the rooms and sponsoring other men. And so, but, but don't forget that you know, the life that gave us, that AA gave us, is also the same life that will take us away from AA. And why is that? And I, fi I find that, that when I'm listening to old timers or men I've sponsored or, you know, just people who, who have gone outside of the rooms, who've left the rooms, um, you know, there are a few that say, you know, I went, uh, life. I got clocked. I got, I got, I got, as we say in, you know, uh, martial arts or boxing or jujitsu, you know, I got caught, I got caught and I got, I got hit and I got knocked down. But, but really 
you know, maybe cancer or death in a family and somebody says it drove them to drink. I, I really don't see that that often. You know, if you're, if you're a strong, proud, recovering warrior, a warrior of recovery, then, you know, you're better than almost anything that, that the world can throw at you. You've seen their, you've seen their heat and you took a yard, you know, you took it out of the stadium you you beat it but so what is it that makes people slip and relapse and what do you hear again i'm not speaking you know from uh for uh, in absolutes but what do you hear time and time again is somebody says you know my life was good i i started i started getting what they start to get comfortable what else else started to get complacent stopped going to meetings stopped stopped thinking it was a daily fight Started thinking that, you know, I got this. I got it beat. You know, I'm good. You know, I can I can make it. And all of a sudden, what happens? Relapse. Slip. Next thing you know, death. Maybe, maybe, maybe you get back in. Maybe. Most of the time, it's not. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where I always say, like, the Holy Trinity, you know, I'm grateful for alcohol because alcohol made alcoholism and alcoholism made AA and AA got me in contact with my higher power. If not for a, for the program, I wouldn't know God. So what was it that got me in that place of desperation? Another A, adversity. So in a really strange way, I am so grateful, like I say, for alcohol, but I'm grateful for adversity. I'm grateful for my sufferings. Thank you, God, for, for, for giving me just this depth of resilience and grit that allows me to have faith and discipline and pride. But thank you for putting those obstacles, those limitations in front of me. I will not lie. A lot of times I have shown myself wanting in character and integrity and resilience and courage. But every once in a while, and especially in the big fights, I've shown myself that I do have sand in the basement. I do have grit. I can just just get under that bar and lift it. You know, and if there were if there were no bars to if there were no plates, there'd be no bar to lift, you know? And so so tonight's about adversity and being worthy of our sufferings. And being worthy of it almost means finally embracing it and saying, "Not I don't give in to it." I hate you. I'm going to fight you, but I'm not going to, you're not going to, you're not only going to keep me sober, but you're actually going to give me a reason to stay sober among all the reasons. You know, let's turn to the big book for a second. Um, I'm using an e-reader, so my pages might be off, but um, in the big book, it says simple, but not easy. A price had to be paid. It meant destruction of self-centeredness. I must turn in all things to the Father of Light who presides over us all. I mean, I love that quote because, you know, I just think about it like the Father of Light, and I and I think about destruction. Price had to be paid. I mean, it's it's a war. You know, make no bones about it. It's a war, and we're fighting that war every single day. Um. You know, when I was when I was new to the rooms, 
um, there were there was chaos in my life, and there was this longing for myths and fantasies that did not exist. The myth and the fantasy of what might have been had I been sober when I made life choices that really hurt my personal life. Um, the myth and fantasy of, 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 of the way I was being told things were or could be when, in fact, they were untrue. They were false narratives. They were gaslighting. And a lot of that um, really drove me to the brink of the ultimate form of self-harm. And, you know, and, and like I've said in past podcasts and I will in future, you know, I owe my life to a couple angels. Um, I, I do think they were angels. They, they're, they're living, breathing and all that. But these are, these are people who, who I do not believe were put here by coincidence and they saved my life. And one of them was my sponsor. Um, no question about it. Uh, on one day in particular, a number of years ago, early in sobriety, I had, I had gotten to the point where I was Googling popular places to kill yourself. And strangely enough, I, I get a lot of laughs when I tell that. <laughs> it wasn't funny at the time, though, I'll tell you that. And it was funny because I, I, you know, I made promises and I, and I just I made promises to, to a circle of people in a circular way that would keep me alive and keep me sober. And, and the promises started to come true. And um, just yesterday, you know, I haven't thought about harming myself. I mean, I was I actually just the other day, in the last couple of days, I mean, I've just had so – my life is objectively amazing. It's beautiful. I'm so happy. And I'm, I have nothing to complain about at all. And yet last night I was sitting there finishing up doing yoga and, you know, I felt good about myself and all this. And I was lying down in the last, I don't know what they call it, vinyasa or whatever it is, uh, uh, some sort of yasa that at the end of yoga uh, where you kind of meditate and this one place gives you a cool, like almost an ice cold towel with lavender on it and it's just awesome and I was sitting there and I felt really good and I was like I'm gonna go home and cook up dinner and I'm gonna think about you know just how nice things have become in my life and I had this powerful feeling um you know I think about the song by uh the Rolling Stones Sister Morphine you know where it's like Sister Morphine <laughs> lay a cool cool hand on my head you know and it was like it was like that like this weird feeling almost like with voice to it that was like you know no one would blame you now you've you you've shown your moxie and your courage and your strength and you've you've won so now it's time to just rest and give up and not give and, and, and it wasn't, and, and actually that's probably wrong for me to say that it said give up. It didn't. It was more like now it's time to just drop. Finally, you can just drop the rock, let it go and, and put your head down and don't ever pick it up again. And I was just like, what the, you know, I mean, Why? is this happening to me? Why am I having this powerful urge? 
And I just, I sat with it. I observed it. And I was like, uh-uh, I know what, I know what you are. You know, you're this, you, you couldn't get through, you know, you're the Trojan horse. You couldn't get through these impenetrable walls that I've built with the program and my diligence and my vigilance and my daily reprieve. So now you're coming at me with something cunning, baffling, powerful. And I just thought about it and I rested with it and I thought, you know, it's, it's, things are good. I'm not comfortable. I'm most uncomfortable right now when, because things are so good. Back to the big book <clears throat> on talking to a man there. And this is when Bill W. You know, would go to an old hospital and seek out those in despair. I would be amazingly lifted up and set on my feet. It is a design for living that works in rough going. So what do we do when we don't have rough going? I mean, the same page, they, they say, but just underneath there is a deadly earnestness. Faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us or we perish. Boom. I mean, it's just, it's so true. This is a daily reprieve, and I'm sitting there facing that adversity. And then, you know, I, 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 I left my doctor's office this afternoon, and it's just an amazing meeting and, and, and just so helpful, and I, and I self-reported on what happened. And, you know, I... Um, You know, I said, look, I have a disease that wants to kill me. I liken it to when when uh, Charlie Sheen, excuse me, Martin Sheen in the movie Apocalypse Now, and he's sitting there and he's talking about Charlie, uh, his nemesis, you know, the, the Vietnamese uh, enemy. He said he's he's out there, you know, every day I'm in here and he's out there getting stronger. You know, that's that's what we talk about. It. Your, your disease is doing push-ups. I mean, your disease doesn't have to just be the bottle. It is the soul sickness. It's the ism that surrounds all of it. And it's throwing fastballs at your head. It's throwing chin music. You know, it's like, I'm going to take you out of that batter's box. And you need to buckle. You need to dust up and, you know, kind of, you know, square up and get ready. Um, and so, you know, it's it's like the off off-speed pitch. I mean, if, I don't want to, you know, drown us in sports metaphors or war or anything like that, but it is. It's the flanking move. It's the the off-speed pitch is all of a sudden you have a life worth losing. You have a life that takes you away from the program. Do not let that happen. You have to stay in that revolution mode, that that you know, that daily reprieve just 24 hours. And you can't be like, "Well, that was a good 24. I don't need it tomorrow." Uh-uh. That's how it sneaks in. That's how it gets you. That deadly earnestness is what you have to bring to this thing every single day. Sonnet 12 by Charlotte Smith. Written on the seashore, October 1784. On some rude fragment of the rocky shore, where on the fractured cliff the billows break, musing my solitary seat I take, and listen to the deep and solemn roar. O'er the dark waves, the wind's tempestuous howl. The screaming seabird quits the troubled sea. But the wild, gloomy scene has charms for me and suits the mournful temper of my soul. 
already shipwrecked by the storms of fate, like the poor mariner methinks I stand, cast on a rock who sees the distant land, from whence no succor comes, or comes too late. Faint and more faint are heard his feeble cries, till in the rising tide the exhausted sufferer dies. I'm probably going to add in, um, I was going to add into this episode, Rudyard Kipling's If, and of course the critic, or also known as the man in the arena, which is a segment of a speech that Teddy Roosevelt gave in 1910 at the Sorbonne University in Paris. Um, uh, but I, I didn't because um, those are really almost works unto themselves that require just a detailed line-by-line -line analysis and also just incredible vignettes and anecdotes of my own life along each way. But um, so I'm, I'm not going to throw those in tonight, but, but there, there is a lot about, about, about meeting triumph and disaster and treating them both the same. And what I love about this poem is, and suits the mournful temper of my soul. I mean, wow which is already shipwrecked by the storms of fate. You know, I mean, um, like the poor mariner, methinks I stand, cast on a rock who sees the distant land. So um, sometimes I, I, I do suffer from that, you know, being restless, irritable, and discontented. I, I'm not okay just being okay, you know, and, and, and I need to learn to be okay being okay, that I don't have to have an enemy, an adversity, an adversary, a wall to climb, a, a foe to slay, an opponent to beat. I don't always have to have that, but I will tell you that in my most dangerous times, that's, that's the problem. I can't just well, you know, um, can't leave well enough alone. What does Waylon Jennings say? There's one in every crowd for crying out loud. Why was it always turning out to be me? You, know, you just can't leave well enough alone. That's that's me. And and so when things are going great, quote my way. Now we know they're not my way; they're God's way. But but I start I start. It's almost like I'm I'm looking for an out or something. And 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 so you know, so there's this two sides to this coin of one being grateful for our suffering and our adversity. So as I was leaving my my meeting today, uh, I encountered um, a situation that is going to be it, – it, it is almost certain to bring embarrassment, humiliation, um, strife, and challenge into my entire existence. And I am – I'm sure that I will lose a lot of sleep over it. It could be serious to me. Um, and it's something that other businessmen and professionals have encountered and something that people in my own family have encountered. But, but what I know is that I'm going to, I, and I have to sit with it. I have to, I have to, let it resonate because I feel very manic right now. And what I feel is that I'm excited. 
I'm excited that I get the chance to show once again what I'm made of. When when the chips really are your when when you're not playing with house money or someone else's money, you're playing with your own. You're playing with real bullets, you know, it's it's kind of like okay. Um I get to show what kind of a man of character I am. I get to show um, that I didn't do anything wrong, that I've always been an upstanding professional and that I have at all times just clung to the right thing to do and the, and the professional and ethical thing to do and competent thing to do. But I'm going to be questioned about that. And, and I just know that I will be worthy of this. I will be up to the task. I will, I will, I will show people that I counsel that I have empathy because I've been through what they're, what they go through. I will show my children that, you know, the way family members or the way other people have handled this and it's brought such, so much trauma to other people's lives. That's not how I'm going to do it. I, I hope they, they don't even know about it because I want people to be able to remark and say that guy, you know, he could stand there and and just like Rudyard Kipling's if, you know, um here lies but not lie. You know, that's what I'm the so 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 I think about that and I think I'm I'm grateful for for the adversity because it gives me opportunities. And then you know, then of course the flip side of that or the co- the corresponding prism which is to be worthy of my suffering that I will, I will honor my program. I will honor the men and women who've supported me. I will honor myself and my higher power, my God, my, my angels by being a man of integrity, by being a man who keeps his chin up and also who, who, who doesn't, doesn't crawl, but, but also doesn't shut the door on the past. So those are the two things that I'm looking forward to. Um, I'm I'm grateful for the adversity. I'm grateful for my suffering. I'm and I will prove worthy of it. But I get the chance, and and it's and it's just like our daily reprieve, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I don't know if I'm going to be sober tomorrow. Neither do you. Now I know some people in the rooms get all humpty when everybody argues about whether they're never going to take a drink or what. You know, what I know is that I'm not going to drink today. I'm going to go to sleep sober. I'm going to wake up sober, and, and and I'm going to say the same thing tomorrow. And that's all I get, 24 hours. I got you for 24 hours is what my higher power says. You know, come back and see me. There's a great quote from the Bible that I would like to share. And it goes, let me find it here. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. James 1, 12. I mean, get some is all I can say when you read that. And I also saw a kind of a cute internet meme kind of thing today, and I don't want to, I mean, it was really powerful, but it said, what if you woke up today with only the things that you thanked God for yesterday? 
Well, I mean, you could be like, well, I think I, I was, I was, was, you know, I didn't thank God for my adversity yesterday, but I'm going to thank God for my adversity today. I'm going to thank God for the opportunity to, to show what kind of a man I really am again, you know, and I've had, I've had tests, but it's the tests and it's, you know, life is not about, you know, I, when I was younger, I, I, I went on this sailboat trip, like a day trip, you know, with a guy who was uh, down on the Florida coast and bunch of friends and I, and we were, I don't know if we were late high school years and we were drinking and carousing. It was a sailboat and it was cool. He'd let me take the till and, you know, and this guy was probably not that much older than me, but he, he was, well, he probably was actually, he was pretty weather beaten and, and, you know, it seemed like he had spent a few, few more than a few nights in bars and, you know, sleeping on the beach with a bottle in his hand. And, and he pulled me aside and he said, um, he said, listen, you know, I lived this awesome life of like partying and sailing around thinking this is the deal. And he's like, but I'm, you know, I really don't have much anymore. And, you know, life is pay me now or pay me later. You need to stay in school, study hard, this kind of thing. And, and, and it always stuck with me, you know, cause that guy was living what I thought was just this incredible life. I mean, he's geeking party, he looks kind of cool. He's got sun drenched skin and, beach blonde, you know, that kind of blonde you get from the sun and the chlorine or whatever it is. And, you know, just sailing. He was a professional sailor. I mean, how much cooler can that get? You know, and here he is telling me, don't do what I'm doing. And I always thought about that. Pay me now or pay me later. Well, you know, when I got into the rooms, I realized it's not pay me now or pay me later. It's pay me now and pay me later. You know, just when you think you got it whooped, Something's going to come around that's going to take you off your feet. It's going to knock the breath right out of you. Maybe it's a loved one gets sick. Maybe you get sick. You know, maybe maybe you have what I had to happen today where it's just like, damn, is this really, is this, God, is this really happening? And that's when you just go like, hey, it's pay me now and pay me later. This is what it means to be human. This is what it means to have have adversity. This is why you go to meetings every day. Nothing's going to drive me to drink. I don't get driven to drink. I mean, I'm going to drive myself if I <laughs> thank you very much, but no, I, you know, I'm not trying to be funny about it, but no, it's not going to drive me to drink. It's not going to drive me to kill myself. I'm going to whoop it. I'm going to whoop that adversity and I'm going to stay sober. It's a daily reprieve. You know, and, and I got my daily reprieve. And remember what I talked about in an earlier podcast about plus one and zero. This is one of those things that, you know, this problem that I'm facing, it started back before I got sober. It's been a while, you know, and, you know, I, I thought it had gone away, but obviously it hasn't. I'm going to have to dust up, you know, kind of buckle up and show what I'm made of. So, you know, even so has God restored us all to our right minds. To this man, the revelation was sudden. Some of us grow into it more slowly, but he has come to all who have honestly sought him. When we drew near to him, he disclosed himself to us. I mean, that's the spiritual experience, you know, from the big book. And it's just, it's, it's, it's uh, impeccable. 
in the big book it says i love when it says you can if you wish you can join us on the broad highway with this attitude you cannot fail the consciousness of your belief is sure to come to you oh my goodness absolutely you know there are so many things that can they there is no man that can best me i know that i know that i'm worthy i'm up for the challenge I just know that I have to work my program. I have to do what the what Bill W said. I have to do what my sponsor says. You know, I mean, think about it, ladies and gentlemen. If you go to meetings every day, if you work your program, you work the steps, you have a sponsor, you sponsor other men or you sponsor other women if you're a woman. You know, you share your story. You go to meetings and and, and tell and be the person who's who's speaker meeting, you know, tell your story. Um they have phrases up in New York. I heard them. They call it qualifying or something like that. I've never heard that down here, but I'm sure, you know, maybe I just don't have enough years. But, you know, you share your story of experience, strength, and hope. And, you, and, and, and you're going to stay sober. And you're not going to drink. And you're going to pick up more chips. And you're going to get more plus ones. And you're going to beat that adversity. How did you die? By Edmund Vance Cook. Did you tackle that trouble that came your way with a resolute heart and cheerful? Or hide your face from the light of day with a craven soul and fearful? Oh, a trouble's a ton or a trouble's an ounce or a trouble is what you make it. And it isn't the fact that you're hurt that counts, but only how did you take it? You're beaten to earth? Well, well, what's that? come up with a smiling face it's nothing against you to fall down flat but to lie there that's disgrace the harder you're thrown why the harder you higher you bounce be proud of your blackened eye it isn't the fact that you're licked that counts it's how did you fight and why and though you be done to death what then if you battled the best you could if you played your part in the world of men why the critic will call it good death comes with a crawl or comes with a pounce. And whether he's slow or spry, it isn't the fact that you're dead that counts, but only how did you die? Whew. Boy, when I read that, that poem, it just, it just stirs my heart and, and makes me feel, just well up with excitement about trying to live up to those kind of expectations and, and my, my worthiness. Um, it's just, it's so good. You know, did you tackle trouble that came your way with a resolute heart and cheerful? What if you didn't have trouble? I mean, have we ever seen anything more certain as a poison to the, to a resolute heart and cheerfulness than, true just just a lack of adversity a lack of challenge i mean as parents they teach us you know if your kid is just if you're if you're the like the curling champion who sweeping away all the ice and everything in front of your child so that they can just skate through they are going to have a miserable life if you if you are somebody you know they talk about trustafarians people who uh, inherit a bunch of money nothing saps and kills ambition or true peace 
And how many people like that end up with drug problems and alcohol problems because, you know, they, it's, it's like they didn't have any adversity. And so that, you know, their disease took them that way. But, but if you can arm yourself with our program and find peace and, and serenity as, as just this serene, beautiful warrior, you can tackle anything. You just stay sober, work the steps. You can do it. So I thought, uh, uh, you know, for tonight's poem, I'll read from the big book because I just think it's, it's just so good. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. And God, thank you for my adversity. Thank you for my suffering. I do not wish adversity or suffering upon any other human being, but thank you for putting the challenges in front of me that make me a better human being, that make me appreciate the highs and the lows and make me appreciate my fellow man and my fellow woman and all the angels you've sent to take care of me and look after me. They're just innumerable in, in, in their power and their strength and their beauty. Thank you, God, for my adversity. Thank you, God, for making me worthy of my sufferings. I hope that I will always be worthy of my adversity and my sufferings. Amen. As God's people, we stand on our feet. We don't crawl before anyone. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. Good evening. And Godspeed, and God bless to all of you.